You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. You're eating right. You found a diet that works best to help manage your Crohn's and colitis. You take your healing supplements and medications when you need them. You've even found the best mindfulness practices that help reduce your stress and anxiety around your illness. You're doing everything right. Why aren't you feeling better? Unfortunately for us IBDers, this experience is all too common. It's so frustrating when you know you're doing everything right, but you're still not getting any better. And I find it to be such a head scratcher because it feels like there's no one to turn to, to figure out why this might be happening to you. I've literally sat across from dozens of clients who are part crying and part pulling their hair out because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do because they've tried everything. When you've done everything right and you still don't feel better, what do you do? What is the magic secret that it seems like so many people have and why don't you have it too? And I really get this myself because I've seen it not only with fellow IBD mom friends and clients, but this very thing has happened to me as well. For me, it happened when everything was going along swimmingly, I was in remission, everything seemed great in one moment. And the next moment, without any warning, without any reason, it seemed like everything went to Crohn's hell. Excessive bloating, gas, diarrhea, abdominal pain. And it took me a moment to figure out what was going wrong. Now listen... I know that there are so many reasons why things might not be going your way with your IBD. Even when you're doing everything right, there's just way too many factors to even get into or fathom on this podcast. When this happens to you, I want you to go see your doctor. I want you to turn over every rock and devour all the information, all the information that you can gather to help yourself. But I also have this episode of the Cheeky Podcast to offer some help for you on your journey in figuring out what might be going wrong. When I work with clients, there's often three reasons why they're doing everything right, but they're still not finding complete remission. So here we go with my three hidden conditions that might be keeping your IBD and your total health down. These are little known conditions for the most part, and they're not being talked about in mainstream medicine. And that's why you might not know that you've fallen prey to them. This is one of those action-packed, step-by-step, lots of information episodes. 
So if you can and you're not driving, I want you to have a pen and paper handy or maybe your phone where you can take some notes. So if you don't have one, give this a quick pause and then come right back to me with something to write with. All right, you have something? Okay, let's start with hidden condition number one. And that condition is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or uh, as it's sometimes called, SIBO. And I'll be calling it SIBO for the podcast. So what is it? What is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO? SIBO is exactly what it sounds like. It's an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine. Most of our microbial bacteria, it actually resides in our colon. There is a small amount of bacteria in the small intestine, but there's not very much there. And that's a good thing. It's not supposed to be there. It makes digestion and absorption of our food challenging when we have too much in there. And it also damages the lining of the small intestine. So why don't you know that you have SIBO? Well, there's two reasons really. So reason number one is that traditionally gastroenterologists and doctors aren't taught about SIBO. They're not taught about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. There's also several conditions besides IBD that have been linked to being at increased risk for SIBO. And those would include things like IBS, GERD, leaky gut, Hashimoto's, Lyme disease, the list really goes on and on. I could spend the whole time talking here with that list. And even though some of these conditions have nothing to do with your digestive system, this really does make sense because remember, all roads will lead back to the gut. Hippocrates and that wisdom, all disease begins in the gut. Now, many people with IBD have no idea that they also have SIBO because the symptoms are just so similar. It's really hard to distinguish between the two. So how do you know? How do you know if you have SIBO? How do we actually test for it? Well, it is, I have to say, it is really of the utmost importance that you get a proper SIBO test. And I'm going to say that again because so often I see people getting a test, their doctor thinks they know about it and they test and it's not the right test. So it's really important that you get a proper SIBO test. And with the doctors where you're taking the test and they're giving you a test that isn't the right one for SIBO, you might get a false negative and think that there's still something wrong with you and you don't know what it is. But the fact is, you really just didn't get proper testing. According to Dr. Allison Seebecker, she is a SIBO, what I call expert extraordinaire. She says that the gold standard for SIBO testing is a three-hour lactulose breath test. Or, and this just came out very recently, a new test that seems to be even better than the traditional three-hour breath test. And it is called the lactulose three-gas test. The three-hour lactulose breath, breath test, the one that I mentioned first, that test, it tests for two gases present in the gastrointestinal tract when SIBO is high. And those two gases are hydrogen and your methane levels. 
These levels are tested after drinking lactulose, which is a synthetic sugar sometimes used to treat constipation. But in this test, your body will react to it by increasing these gas levels if you have SIBO. Now this new test that came out recently, it looks even better because it looks at one more gas there. It looks at hydrogen, it looks at your methane levels, but it also includes hydrogen sulfide, and it looks at these three gases in your intestinal tract. So this test will give you even more information to help you get a proper SIBO diagnosis. Depending on the results of your SIBO test and which gases are present, that's why it's so important to know the levels of the gases. This will give your doctor a good indication of which SIBO treatment protocol will work best for you. Methane-dominant SIBO has a different protocol than hydrogen-dominant SIBO and so on. So you definitely want to get a really high-quality test so you know which gas is dominant for you because that will be the driver of your treatment. Okay, I want to make this really tangible for you. So let's talk about a case where somebody had SIBO and the kind of the process that they went through. Let me tell you about my client, Ginger. She was doing everything right. Ginger had Crohn's and had started the specific carbohydrate diet. She was on a strong gut healing supplement regime. She was still taking 6MP, and that's a medication to help her IBD. You might have heard of it. It's an immunomodulator. Ginger practiced yoga, and she walked in nature daily. She was doing everything right, but she was still having gut problems. She was feeling gassy and bloated after her meals. She couldn't find consistency with her poops. She'd have diarrhea for a few days and then it would switch to constipation for a few days. She'd think things were getting back to normal and then bam, diarrhea again and on the cycle went. And of course, Ginger was feeling really discouraged when she came to see me. If the SCD and then everything else she was doing wasn't working, what could she possibly do? Her doctor was pushing her to move to biologics, and so she was wondering if she should give up. Now, in coaching Ginger through her next steps, we talked about some reasons, even though on paper it looks like she's doing everything right, we talked about some reasons why there might be some deeper lingering issues going on, ones that aren't often tested for. And of course, SIBO was one of the things that we considered. I encouraged Ginger to talk to her doctor about getting a proper SIBO testing, about getting proper SIBO testing so that she would know for sure. And as you might suspect, Ginger ended up with seriously off the chart off the charts, hydrogen gas levels in her SIBO breath test. So with this powerful information, we realized that there were several foods on Ginger's SCD diet that just were not working for her. These are super healthy foods that are SIBO, that are SCD legal, but they're they're not working for her right now. Foods like avocados and ripe bananas, apples, onions, and garlic. See, those are all SCD legal and healthy, right? Seemingly healthy, but they are not foods that would work for someone with SIBO. And with this powerful information, we realized that there were actually several foods on Ginger's SCD diet that were just not working for her. 
Now, these are super healthy foods. Everyone by normal standards would consider these foods healthy. But if you are somebody with SIBO, they're not going to be healthy for you. SCD legal foods like avocados and ripe bananas, apples, onions, garlic, these are not the kind of foods that were going to work for ginger, even though they were SCD legal. So with just a few food tweaks and changes, I helped Ginger make to make her diet more SIBO friendly. She really started to move the needle. When we tweaked her diet and we moved her to something called the SIBO specific diet, which is similar to SCD, but it has a few modifications for those with SIBO, everything turned around for her. She also tried some herbals and supplements that her doctor added to her healing regime. But I have to tell you that this was a game changer for Ginger. And back when she first came to see me, she was ready to throw in the towel. She was so down on herself, frustrated, and really, I have to say, just angry because she felt like she was doing everything right. See how just that small that small tweak can make such a big difference to somebody's world. SIBO. It's one of those hidden conditions that might be holding you back from the last 40 yards you need to heal. So what can you do? What can you do if you suspect SIBO might be holding you back? All right. Here's what I would do. I would start by checking out Dr. Allison Seebecker's website. There you'll get up-to-date, research-backed information on SIBO. And if you think SIBO might be the culprit for you and you want to know more about it, SIBO symptoms, testing, treatment, all the ins and outs, I think that is the best place to start. Next, I want you to talk to your doctor. Talk to the doctor you currently have and ask them to order a SIBO test for you. If your doctor's not open or they recommend a two-hour test, which really just isn't as good, or they just don't even know what you're talking about at all, and this happens to my clients often, I want you to try to find a nutritionist or a functional medicine provider who knows about SIBO and proper testing. I'm going to leave a link for you in the show notes for functional medicine providers. It's a database of people who know functional medicine, people who are trained in that, and that will help you find a doctor. And if all else fails, I want you to know that there actually are a couple direct-to-consumer companies where you can order your own test kit. One of those that I really like and I know people who have had good success with is called Direct Labs. I've seen people order and then test successfully with this company, so I do highly recommend them. Reading the test, though, it's important. It's a really important step, and it's one that I see all practitioners doing differently. They interpret the results differently. So I really think, though, it is in your best option to find a provider. If you possibly can, I do think it's best to find a provider that can help you with this. Okay, so that's how come your IBD's not getting any better with hidden condition number one. Let's talk about hidden condition number two. And hidden condition number two is candida. Candida is another digestive ailment that can plague people with IBD, but it's not talked about in the traditional medical circles. Your doctor is not testing for it, and it might be hindering your recovery. 
even if you're doing everything right. Let's start by talking about what is it, just in case you haven't heard of candida before. Candida is a condition where there's too much yeast in the digestive tract. So this is different from SIBO and where that's a case of too much, too much bacteria in the small intestine. So this is too much yeast. Symptom differences between the two, between SIBO and candida, they might be subtle. But treatment options are very different. So that's why it's important that you're able to distinguish between the two before your doctor decides what to do about it. Candida is short for Candida albicans fungus, and it's the most common yeast that's found in the digestive tract. But this yeast can grow out of control, especially when there isn't enough good bacteria already in our GI tract. And so the yeast grows and it creates dysbiosis or an imbalance in our intestines. Many people can be at risk for candida. So people who overuse antibiotics would be at greater risk. People with diabetes, people with autoimmune conditions, especially gastrointestinal conditions, they are also at greater risk for candida, so people with Crohn's, people with colitis, people who are on a high sugar or high carbohydrate diet, they're also at higher risk, as well as people who live in chronic levels of high stress. Is any of this sounding familiar to you? Candida is much more common than we realize. And it may be the underlying condition that's keeping you from IBD remission even though you're doing everything right. Now, what are some symptoms of candida? Let's take this a little bit deeper here and actually talk about symptoms. There are several signs that you may have candida or an overgrowth of yeast in your digestive system. I'll tell you about the ones that I see most often when I work with people who have Crohn's and colitis. And those would be things like oral thrush, or those white spots, it's like a coating on your tongue, a coating of white on your tongue. Those who have current recurrent yeast infections, they might be more prone to candida. People who experience strong sugar cravings, that is a good sign that candida might be present. Brain fog and digestive challenges like bloating, diarrhea, constipation, those are signs that you may have candida. Those with fungal infections on their nails or their toenails, that's another symptom of candida. Also, people who have excessive anxiety or panic attacks, that could also be a symptom of candida. Now, of course, just because you have anxiety doesn't mean you have candida, but it's when we then put the whole picture together, put all of those puzzle pieces together, if anxiety is present as well, that can be a piece of the puzzle. And why don't you know? Why don't you know that you have candida even if you have these symptoms? Of course, you don't know that you have it for the same reasons you don't know that you have SIBO. They are just way too similar to our Crohn's and colitis symptoms. Doctors just aren't looking for it. And if we are following a path of proper eating, 
proper supplementation and taking our medications and we're following mindfulness practices that work to reduce our stress and to help with the demands of our life and we're still not getting any better, it can leave us feeling defeated and uncertain about our future. This is why I'm just so passionate about making sure that you know about these conditions. Knowledge is key here. So how do you know then? How do we test for candida? Well, practitioners who test for candida, they often start by looking at your symptoms. When a combination of symptoms like the ones that I just mentioned, when they come up to a knowledgeable candida practitioner, they might want to dive deeper with testing. And the gold standard for candida testing is a two to three day stool test. And it looks at the DNA of the pathogens in your poop. And I have to mention as well, and I know this is a controversial and it's clearly anecdotal. It doesn't have any scientific evidence behind it. But I have seen people start with a simple home spit test for candida. And the spit test involves spitting into a cup of water first thing in the morning. Oftentimes people will start here because they don't have a provider that they can go to who knows about candida. So although I don't have the research to back it up, to back up the validity of the spit test, I have seen clients try this first with a spit test with it coming up positive and then later having a stool test that will then confirm that they are positive for candida. But it's about putting those puzzle pieces together when it comes to this condition. Looking at your symptoms, getting a stool test if it's possible, talking to your doctor, somebody who's knowledgeable about the condition. All of those things are key in getting a proper diagnosis. So what do you do if you suspect you have candida? What if candida is the thing that's holding you back? The best place to start, of course, is by talking to your doctor. You never know unless you bring it up. I mean, I do see a lot of the times that doctors aren't willing to talk about it or they don't know about it, but how do you know unless you ask? So talk to your doctor about candida and these other conditions we're talking about today. And if you don't find satisfaction there, remember that there are nutritionists and there are functional medicine providers who do know about candida. Don't stop your search just because the first place you go, you didn't find satisfaction. Continue searching for someone who can help you. And when you get proper testing for candida, you might also want to get tested for SIBO at the same time since both of these conditions, they can present so similarly. So let's just say you've been tested, you know you have candida, now what? What do you do? Well, every provider's approach in treating candida is a little bit different, but I'd like to give you some general guidelines about the approaches that I see most practitioners taking when it comes to candida. So there's several supplements that can be helpful to get rid of extra yeast. Antifungals like oil of oregano, caprylic acid, allicin, that's a compound found in garlic. There's lots of different herbal antifungals out there. There's even combination antifungal supplements that might be part of your healing regime. Although I do do see that some people with Crohn's and colitis, they tend to be sensitive to the multi-strain antifungals. They can just be a little bit too powerful. So just be careful there. 
Probiotics. Probiotics are used to treat candida after some healing has taken place, but none of these supplements will be helpful for you unless they're combined with a dietary change as well. And if you're in the category of doing everything right for your IBD, you're probably already eating a diet that is healthy for you, but you might want to just make some tweaks to tailor it to getting rid of your candida. The low FODMAP diet is really good for this condition. I will go ahead and link to my favorite low FODMAP website in the show notes so that you can get more information about low FODMAPs, what's allowed on the diet, what isn't, what's allowed in moderation. It's a great website, so I'll link to that in the show notes. Generally speaking, though, you're looking for a diet that's low in sugar, low in carbohydrates, and that doesn't include gluten or dairy. That's preferred when candida is present. And I have to say bone broth or as you know, I like if you listen to this podcast, even better meat stock. Uh, That's my preference, but that can be really helpful as well when you're trying to control candida as well as including high quality fats in your diet, especially coconut oil, because that has that caprylic acid that I mentioned earlier as a supplement Coconut oil has that. And there's also some other oils that are great, good quality fats that can help with candida. And those would be oils like extra virgin olive oil, walnut oil, avocado oil. Herbal tea is also helpful when it comes to candida. Herbal teas like ginger, peppermint, and pau de arco. Those teas can be great as well as black tea. I want to mention that one as well because the tannins in the tea, they can help control candida overgrowth. When it comes to candida and diet, I just want to mention one last thing about sugar. I think it's important to mention. So it's important for you to limit your sugar, but I don't think it's a good idea for you to get rid of sugar completely because when you do that, that can actually exacerbate the candida. But it is important to focus on small amounts of natural sugars when candida is present. So those would be things like honey and maple syrup. I really like those. Again, small amounts, but we don't need to get rid of it completely, just in small, small doses. Okay, that's candida, hidden condition number two. And hopefully, hopefully some of the information that I gave you, it's just going to kind of get the wheels turning for you, give you something to think about and get you moving along the right path if you're doing everything right, but you're still not feeling better. Let's move on and talk about our last hidden condition, condition number three, and that's thyroid issues. Challenges with your thyroid, oftentimes they get misdiagnosed and they're definitely underdiagnosed. We may be moving along on our IBD healing journey and not feeling as good as we know we should. Thyroid challenges, they could be at the heart of keeping you from where you deserve to be with your health. Let's go ahead and dive into thyroid issues a little bit deeper. Let's start by talking about what they are. What am I talking about here when I'm talking about thyroid issues? So your thyroid is a gland. It's shaped like a butterfly and it's located at the base of your throat. 
It produces several hormones that have an impact on your overall health. Your thyroid gland, it regulates your body temperature. It either slows or speeds up your heartbeat. And most importantly for us with IBD, it controls the the rate that we digest our food. Unfortunately, this gland can malfunction and when it does, we it can create thyroid challenges like hypothyroidism and that's where there is low thyroid hormone function or Hashimoto's disease where there's too much thyroid hormone being produced. So why our thyroid function matters? Why does it matter to us, especially when we have IBD? There's four reasons really. And I want to tell you all of them because they're really, to me, they're really fascinating, this thyroid and gut connection. So let's talk about reason number one. I already mentioned this when I was talking about the functions of our thyroid gland. And that's that your thyroid hormones control your digestion. So of course, this gives it an immediate and forever connection with our Crohn's and colitis because proper digestion is the key to helping our disease. Reason number two why this really matters, why this gland matters for us with IBD, it's because poor thyroid function, it affects our ability to absorb the nutrients in our food. Again, ding, 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 another connection with Crohn's and colitis. Now, reason number three is that poor thyroid functioning can lead to a condition known as leaky gut. Literally, the lining of your gut opening small holes where undigested food heads into the bloodstream. And reason number four, why this is important for us to know, especially when we have IBD, this and this particular reason, it hits really close to home because it's why we might miss the thyroid issue in the first place. And that's because thyroid issues often have to do with gluten intolerance, gluten intolerance that many of us with IBD face. So the molecular structure of gliadin, and that is the protein found in gluten, it's almost identical to the molecular structure of the thyroid gland. So when gliadin, that's that protein, that gluten protein, when it moves into the bloodstream because we're so sensitive to it that it has caused leaky gut, that leaky gut I was talking about, our immune system now says, whoa, right? You're not supposed to be here. What is going on here? There's a foreign invader in our bloodstream. It shouldn't be here. So our immune system, which is amazingly programmed to remove foreign invaders, it moves to strike down the gliadin. Because the gliadin and the thyroid tissue is so similar, the immune system attacks the thyroid as well. And now we have a problem. We have a problem with our thyroid all because we're sensitive to gluten. Does that make sense? I know it's a little bit convoluted. The process is a little bit convoluted. But the bottom line here is that reason number four, why people with IBD might be impacted with unrecognized thyroid issues is because we're likely sensitive to gluten. That's the bottom line that we all need to remember. And because gluten, when we eat it, it can last up to six months in our body And during all this time, then, it can wreak havoc on our thyroid, right? It's yet another reason not to eat gluten if we have IBD. 
Now, what are we looking for here? What are the symptoms of thyroid problems? Let's do it. Let's talk symptoms here. What we're looking for to know if we have undiagnosed thyroid challenges. Okay, so there's lots of symptoms that could be an indication of a thyroid condition. Let me tell you about a few of the ones that I see most commonly. When it comes to thyroid challenges, I see things like lack of energy, trouble losing weight, hair loss, low sex drive, a number of gut challenges that we might mistake for our IBD because remember that thyroid controls our digestion. And I also see mental health challenges and neurological challenges, things like depression and brain fog. The symptoms of a thyroid disorder, they really run the gamut. There's so many of them, which is why it's one of those hidden conditions that we don't know we have. And when it's left unchecked, it can really cause difficulties for us down the line. So what are you going to do if you think that you might have thyroid challenges? What do you do now? If these symptoms resonate with you, where do you start? Well, the first thing you're going to do is get proper testing. I'm sounding like a broken I'm sounding like a broken record there, but that is the key. We've got to get proper testing. And this is a tough one because you go to your doctor and many doctors do test your thyroid. It's very common. It's a really common test during your annual exam when the gynecologist recommends blood work, right? That yearly blood work, your CBC and all the different other levels they usually look at your thyroid. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, many doctors are only testing one thyroid level, and that's your TSH. And they find that your TSH is normal, right? Oftentimes, your TSH is normal, and so they declare your thyroid function fine. We have to get better thyroid testing. We have to dig deeper when we suspect that there might be a thyroid challenge. We have to go to our doctor's appointments what I call armed and dangerous. When it comes to proper thyroid testing, functional medicine doctors recommend these tests, okay? And I want you to go ahead and write this down so that you can go into your doctor's appointment ready with these specific tests that you want to request. I'm going to go ahead and let you just pause the podcast for a second if you need to get a pen and paper if you don't have it already because... If you're oh and if you're driving just remind yourself where we are at in the podcast so you can go back to it later. But proper thyroid testing should include this. Of course it should include the TSH, but it should also include T4, T3, free T4, free T3, reverse T3 and thyroid antibodies. And I know these are just the names of the tests, and I want you to be able to dig deeper than we have time for in the podcast. But if you want more information, if you want to know exactly what these tests are looking for, I want you to check out the thyroid link that I'm going to put in the show notes. There's a great article by Dr. Will Cole that I'm going to link there. And so you can get more information about thyroid function if it's something that you are concerned about, if this really resonates with some of the symptoms you've been having. And he also talks about what these specific thyroid tests are for and why they should be given to you. So I will link that in the show notes. 
Okay, I, I just have to say, ladies, this is crucial. This is crucial information. We all need to get proper thyroid testing. I know for me, I go to my yearly physical and my gynecology screening with a piece of paper that has these tests on it. And I want to make sure that I'm getting my thyroid properly tested at least yearly. The earlier you detect a thyroid problem, the sooner you can begin to take measures to treat it. So please, please, if you only hear one thing from this episode, please make sure you do this. Get proper thyroid testing. It's done with a simple blood test. So this is something that every doctor can do. And sometimes they just need a little bit of direction from you. Okay, so let's say that you go through all this, you get the proper testing, and you find out that you do have a thyroid challenge. It's important not to freak out or think it's the end of the world because there's a lot that can be done to help your thyroid. Talk to your doctor about eating right for your thyroid. Guess what? Eating right for your gut and eating right for your thyroid, they're very similar. You're going to be strengthening both at the same time, which is a beautiful thing. There's also medication that can help your thyroid as well, both synthetic and natural thyroid replacement hormones. There's also supplements that can strengthen your thyroid hormones like zinc, magnesium, B vitamins, and vitamin D. I want you to make a plan with your doctor, a plan that's tailored for your needs. And make sure that they know that you have Crohn's or colitis because that will need to be taken into account when deciding on the best treatment plan for you. Everyone's thyroid needs, they're different depending on the severity of your challenge. But think about just making a plan together and making sure that it includes all facets to help you definitely diet. I have to say diet should be in there as well. There's a lot you can do to help your thyroid with diet alone. Okay, my dear, those are the three hidden conditions that may be impacting your ability to feel completely well when you know that you're doing everything right to help your IBD. Let's go ahead and recap the three hidden conditions one more time. Hidden condition number one was small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. SIBO is an overgrowth of bacteria in your small intestine and it often mimics your IBD symptoms and it makes it difficult for you to know if you have this condition. Proper testing is a must. I want you to follow the steps that we outlined in this episode and you'll be on track for SIBO busting success. All right, hidden condition number two. Hidden condition number two was candida. Candida is another condition where the symptoms mimic your Crohn's or colitis. And this is what makes it difficult to know that you have it. And it might be hiding a problem that you don't even know you have. It might be the difference between 80% remission and full remission for your IBD challenges. Again, like SIBO, you want to see a very qualified medical provider to help you get a good diagnosis and then to help you with the treatment for this condition. Know that treatment is available and you can get over it. You can get over this. You don't have to suffer with candida your whole life. 
The last condition we talked about was hidden condition number three, and that was thyroid challenges. Thyroid challenges are notorious for laying low and getting undiagnosed, especially for those of us with Crohn's or colitis. Thyroid conditions have a very strong gluten connection, which makes it even more important for us to avoid gluten if we have IBD. The sooner you get your thyroid condition diagnosed and treated, come up with a treatment plan for it, and remember that's a prolonged approach that includes food, the better your overall health will be. Remember the thyroid controls many functions in your body, including your digestion. So we all want the healthiest thyroid we can possibly have. Research the testing I mentioned in this episode and don't be afraid to take this information directly to your doctor to ensure that you get a full range of thyroid testing. Thyroid health can be really complicated, but when we put all the pieces together and we get proper testing, we get a really good picture of what's going on with your thyroid. Bottom line here, when it comes to issues that might be holding you back from feeling as good as you can with your IBD, I want you to do it like a mom. I want you to know that You are fierce and you are strong. I want you to know just how amazing you are. I want you to know that you are in charge of your medical care. You are in charge of your total health. Don't let the challenges that we talked about today, the ones that aren't talked about in mainstream medicine, don't let those stop you from feeling 100% better. You deserve 100% for your health. You deserve to be there 100% first and foremost for you, for your partner, and for your kids. Keep striving for health. Keep striving to feel better. Know that I'm with you every step of the way. Together, we are stronger. Together, we've got this. And if you have any questions at all about this episode or about Crohn's or colitis in general, I want you to get in touch. I'm always available to chat. Reach out at hello at karenhaley.com. That's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. Let's bust your IBD together. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today, because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission... If you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, 
go to my website. It's KarenHaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online, so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at KarenHaley.com. Click on the Work With Me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.